listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. Very excited today. We have a young cat that is just shooting for some big goals right now. Just in the last three years, he's already taken down 75 different transactions plus at this point. So doing a lot of creative financing. That's what I love doing. I'm a big advocate of getting creative. You know, a lot of us starting out might not have all the funds in the world or the resources around us, but when you're well educated and you're actually taking action on just thinking, you know, when there's a will, there's a way, there's always opportunities. And this guy is nothing short of that. He's going to be diving into a little bit of his creative strategies that he's used in the past and what has been adding to the value of success. He's also teaching this stuff, helping out tremendous amount of people. We just had on Instagram just a moment ago, one of his testimonies, just helping out more people. So there's a lot of power behind this and it really shouldn't be taken lightly whatsoever. If you're looking to change however you're feeling today, however the lifestyle is that you're living today, if, if you desire something bigger and better, then this is the show that you're going to want to tune into and definitely take some notes as well as write down the questions that you have and reach out to this guy afterwards because we're only going to have an hour here to be able to dive into all the content. So without further ado, Brandon, what's going on, man? How are you today? I'm great, man. I'm great. I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for the wonderful introduction. Like I said, God has definitely blessed me in the past three years. In October, I will be turning 28. So, you know, I've been doing this around 25 and it's been a blessing, man. You know, I just was at my old job at a hospital and as well as, you know, I have other friends that ask me now, hey, do you still cut hair? And it's a blessing to say that I don't, you know, sometimes you don't have those things to where they just, they don't come in, right? So it's a blessing that you have actually uh, failed forward, right? That you have actually been able to progress in life. So very, very excited. I know that we're getting some echoing on Instagram. So you know what? I'm going to go ahead and just, I'll end mine. So we'll just go ahead and do it on Facebook and Zoom. So either way, very, very excited. Thank you so much for the introduction. And yeah, I mean, I started off real estate investing about three years ago. Okay. Three years ago, I was going through getting my license, right? I mean, just like a lot of people, you know, that, you know, you think you, that you have to have a license. You think you have to have credit. You think you have to have money. Right. And I said, you know what? Quit my nursing degree. I said, I don't want to do that. I don't think that's my passion anymore. Right. Young 25 year old, 24 year old at the time trying to figure out what I wanted to do, right? And at that point in time, my family and society was like, hey, this is what you should do. This is what everybody else does, right? Go to school, get a good GPA in high school, go to college, get married, get a degree, get a pension, and die, right? So <laughs> that's, what I was, that's what I was doing, right? I mean, that's what I thought needed to be done. And, you know, thank the Lord that I got my real estate license, passed on my first time, and tried to be a realtor. After four months, I got fired, right? They didn't like anything that I was telling them. Didn't like anything that I was, I guess, doing, right? And 
it was crazy because for four months, I was so excited to make, I think my commission was going to be like around $4,200. So I was, you know, that would have been like the most money I've ever made besides a Pell Grant from school, right? You know, to buy my books or something. So that didn't work out. Learned about wholesaling real estate, you know, through YouTube and things of that nature. And I said, oh my God, this is genius, right? I mean, how can I do this? How can I implement this, right? And that's where the journey started, right? And it's crazy because time goes so fast that you wouldn't even realize, you know, all the accomplishments, you know, not even with monetary value. I think it's just growth, right? Yeah. It's growth each and every day, understanding and learning yourself. And I think that the older that I get, the more experience that I have, I think it really sometimes it's like, wow, you know, I'm really happy that, uh, you know, the growth as, as a person has been very, very good. Yeah, man. I mean, I think it's so important to actually look back for a second and see how far you've come in, in such a short period of time. And also the goals that, you know, you once had in comparison to what you have now probably have climbed just as high. So that's super exciting. So why real estate for you? Like, what was that transition? You know, obviously everything that you were doing until a certain point, you were taking the career path and and you just felt unhappy at that point or that wasn't what you wanted anymore. And, you know, how did real estate come into play with that? So to be a hundred percent honest with you, my father does real estate, right? Okay. Gotcha. And it was one of those things growing up, uh, you know, I was raised by a single mother and my grandmother, right? And I didn't really know my father at all. And then when I did meet him, it was one of those things where it was like, man, I got to try this real estate thing out, right? You know, he does it. Uh, he seems to be pretty successful. Why not try it? So it was always lingering in the back of my mind. But Is he an I, investor or is he more of a, a real yeah, he, Well, he actually owns a portfolio. So yeah, he has, he has doors, investor, you know, not more of the fixing and flipping, but more of the buy and hold type investor. Yeah, yeah. I um, love it. But I didn't really know that, right? When I first yeah. started, I'm thinking he's just, you know, the same way everybody else is. You know, when you meet people and you say, hey, yeah, I'm a real estate, I do real estate. First thing they say is, okay, so, oh, so you show houses. Yeah, you're a realtor. Yep. Kind of something, not really, but yeah, you know. So I didn't know that when I first got started, but I think what really was the, the epiphany bridge, right, the turning point was this is just not what I want to do anymore, okay. and I can't make other people happy, right? I, I got to find something that's going to make me happy, right? I mean, and that's the thing, right? Entrepreneurship, right? It's one of those things that you have to go against the grain. You got to go against the wave. You got to go against the current. And you got to break family curses, right? Generational yeah. curses, right? That's so true. it was one of those things till I said, you know what? I'm going to try something different. So that's Love what it. it was. Okay. Now, when it comes down to education, you know, you just, something went off in your head. I got to try something different. I got to break these generational curses. Where'd you get the education from and how long did you spend really diving into the books, diving into studying to be able to bring up the confidence to get out there and take the action? A hundred percent. So the, the first thing, and, that, and that's actually one of the key things that I wanted to talk about, right? Yeah. So when I first indulged into entrepreneurship, it's very hard to be an entrepreneur. And I'm going to tell you why. The reason being is because you have to understand that your time, you're not getting based on your time. You get, yep. you get paid based on your value, right? Oh, on the yep. value that you provide, whatever value that is, that's what you're going to get paid on, right? How many people you can help. Yep. Exactly, right? So that was one of the biggest things, right? And the way to kind of, you know, fight that is understanding why you're doing this, right? Because it's no more clocking in and clocking out, right? I mean, there's a bunch of people out there, including myself when I was in corporate America. I used to go to work, clock in. 
and you know, sometimes procrastinate, not do your job, right? Yeah. Maybe 30 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, you're finding things to do, and then you're like, all right, I gotta get back to work. Yeah. But that's because you know that you're clocked in, you're gonna get paid, right? Yeah. With entrepreneurship, it doesn't work that way, right? You literally have to put in the work, and sometimes you don't even get paid those hours, and you're not gonna get paid those hours. Yeah, right? the time management has to be on point, fellas. <laughs> exactly, so one thing that you have to do when you start an entrepreneurship is you have to identify your why, your purpose. You know, you have to align yourself and understand, hey, listen, why am I doing this? You know, because there's a bunch of people that have tried to do this and have failed, more that have failed and have succeeded, right? So what's going to help me get through those rainy days? And I think I identified my why and understood this has to work. Like, there's no other way this has to work. So basically, after I identified my why, I educated myself, right? I had to educate myself. So I get this all the time. Do you need credit? Do you need, you know, your real estate license? Do you need money to do what I do, which is real estate wholesaling or real estate investing? The answer is, but people say, well, do you need your license to do it? And I say, no, but when I got my license, it really helped me understand a lot of real estate, right? Sure. Like all all these things, like you don't need credit. You don't need funds. You can use private money. It's really the knowledge of getting that deal. Yes, if you had all those things or one or two of those things, it would help. It would be more beneficial, but you don't need the perfect FICO score. You don't need a ton of money in the bank. It really comes down to that education and then the drive, right? Exactly. So I talk about this all the time, which is you want to be able to educate yourself in your craft. You want to be a professional at your craft. You want to be an expert at your craft, right? So when you're talking to homeowners, when you're striking deals, when you're investing, you want to say, yes, you're talking to the expert. You know, yep. I, I got this. I'm going to help you out. I'm going to listen to what you have and, you know, your, your problems so I can help you with your solutions. But I'm here to also advise you, right? And at that point in time, Brandon, I mean, I, I didn't even own a house, right? I mean, I've never done a real estate transaction, didn't really know too much about what a mortgage was, what a realtor even did. So when I got my license, I learned all that terminology so when I got into, you know, investing and wholesaling, it was, it was kind of just music to my ears, right? Yes. So it really, that education part helped me out, right? Endlessly. Especially in real estate, there's so many acronyms or so much lingo oh, yeah. and, and slang with it, so. Exactly, exactly. So educating myself was really big, and I'll share another gem with you, right? There's, you know, one of the biggest things that people say is, I want to do what you do, Brandon, but talking to people is a little bit hard for me, right? I yeah. mean. A lot of introverts. sellers, cold calling sellers, or just going and talking about deals and in houses or whatever the case may be. And I said, that's just because you're not comfortable with what you're talking about, right? So for example, if let's just say, you know, you're a mailman, right? And and I go and I talk to you about what days the mail comes, what type of mail, first class. You can talk to me all day about that. All day. All day. But the moment I start bringing up something that you're not comfortable with or something that you're not an expert, that's what you're going to listen to. So I tell them all the time, listen, if you educate yourself in what you're doing, talking to homeowners is going to be easy. Yeah. And also in the beginning, nobody's going to be perfect. Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta experience it. You gotta go through it. It's, you know, it's like you're the first day clocking in as mailman. You don't know the lingo yet, but, but the only way to get comfortable with it is making those mistakes. Like you got to get out there and I wouldn't say fake it till you make it, but just be upfront and be honest. And you can always just use the simple I wouldn't say like sales tactic, but just simple line of saying, hey, that's a great question. Let me get back to you on that. Let me do some research, ask my mentor or my partner. And you still come off, you know, confident in, in, that, in that conversation, which is good. 
Yeah, yeah, and, and that's what I've noticed too in entrepreneurship. You have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, right? Okay. Like you, you have to understand that you're not going to know everything. Until this day, you know, the other day I had somebody that taught me something in real estate, you know, and I love it. Just just give it to me. I want yeah. more. Let me yeah. Let me get more. So you have to understand you always have to be a student of the game. And yeah, educating yourself, you want to do that because if you are going to come off as the expert, you want to be knowledgeable, right? And that's why people are basically, you know, coming out to, to reach out from you. You know, you're saying, hey, I can buy your house cash. I can close, sure. you know, fast. I can do X, Y, Z. But if they have one question that they feel like you cannot answer, that can sometimes deter them. Yeah. And turn them off and say, you know what? I'm going to go with somebody else. Right. right. And that's just in life. Right. I mean, that's, that's just in life. Oh, don't know what's going on here. So, yeah, I mean, I tell people all the time, you know, that you just have to educate yourself, okay? You have to understand what you're doing, why you're doing it, and you got to keep moving forward. So, yeah, I mean, that's how I started educating myself over and over and over. So, with me personally, I jumped in right around the same time, 24, 25, and, and I just didn't know any better, right? Like, I didn't know there was mentors out there or people that I could really take out the coffee to try to get some knowledge from them and cut my learning curve, unfortunately. It, yeah. I went down a little bit more of like a, a dusty trail and, and dragging my feet along the way, making a lot of mistakes. But I did pick up all the books I could, all the podcasts I could, and YouTube videos as well for every single day, at least four hours every day for two years before I finally got the courage enough and the, the education to bring up that confidence, right? So was there anybody in your circle or you know, besides your father of influence, maybe that kind of helped give you a little bit of maybe even people, you know, other realtors in the game. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, my family's always been a support system, right? Good. Good. But um, I, I wouldn't say that there was anybody that was like, you know, do this, do that. You know, I had mentors that helped me out for sure, for sure. But I mean, as you know, there were more mentors as obviously more JVs, right? Hey, let's make money together. As far as somebody pushing me, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say there was. I mean, honestly, it was just something to where I knew that. So for me, is you can't be selfish, right? And what I mean by selfish is you have to understand that there's somebody else that's depending on you, right? Yep. You, have, you have a cousin, you have a niece, you have a nephew, you have a brother, you have a mother, you have a father. Somebody in your life is depending on you to succeed, right? And in every family, right? So when I notice, like, hey, Brandon, you got to stop being selfish. Like, you have to do something better, not for yourself, but for the people around you, right? And then after that, after, you know, the, your purpose becomes bigger, you know, then it's not for your family. Then it's for people that follow you on Instagram or Facebook, right? And then it's to people that it's just to anybody, right? It's kind of like one of those, you know, have you ever ran into like a pastor or a preacher anywhere and they're ready to talk about God? Yeah. That's how I am about real estate. I love it. I mean, yeah, you talk to me about real estate, I'm going to go on. It's just, yeah, yeah. so I think it's just one of those things, just identifying and aligning yourself with what you want to accomplish. Okay. So after getting educated, let's talk about this first deal, what that looked like, because the first one is always a fun one typically. And mm -hmm. then after that, I just want to hear some bullet points of what you guys have accomplished in such a short period of time. I mean, 75 plus deals at this point. Yep. For yeah. sure, for sure. So my first deal was, it was fantastic. I mean, I honestly, what ended up happening was I did direct mail. Okay, for those of you guys that don't know what direct mail is, basically you get postcards and you send them out to your potential distressed homeowners, right? So I did direct mail and 
I actually leveraged an investor that I knew. You know, he was he was a closer friend as well. And I said, hey, listen, you know, I'm doing real estate investing. I know that if you invest this money, right, we can possibly get us a wholesale deal. He was a buyer. So, and I said, you will have first dibs on this property and then you can, you can obviously pay me out my fee. So he said, okay, let's try it. So he invested a thousand bucks, obviously played for the mailers. I took all the calls while I was at work. You know, I, at that point in time, I'm like taking every call, doing everything myself. And it was a learning experience. You know, we got the deal. I closed it from, you know, title company, did all the steps. The only mistake that I made was I didn't, at that point in time, the education and my contract wasn't well. I didn't feel comfortable with putting my company name on that contract. So the mistake that I did was number one, I didn't know the contract well enough to feel comfortable. So I made the investor, I told the investor, hey, just put under contract through your name. And it ended up biting me back. You know, obviously I shot myself in the foot because it took him about five months to pay me out my first deal. Okay. So, so he was paying me, you know, in increments of my wholesale fee. But what it proved for me was proof of concept, right? That I can do this by myself, right? And hopefully I can do it again and again and again. I love that. So that first one, you got a, a friend to put up the thousand bucks for mailers. Where did you get the data from? So the data came from Rebo Gateway, rebogateway.com, and we use tax delinquent niche list. So basically we use tax delinquent niche list. Um, at that point in time, I was educating myself a lot, a lot, a lot. So, you know, we went into the hot, the hottest zip codes, right? And what you want to do is look at the cash buyers in the area because real estate is all based on the buyer, right? I was just talking about this the other day. You can find a buyer. He's going to tell you exactly what they want. He or she, right? They're going to say, hey, I'm looking for three twos, 1,200 square feet in this area. And if you get a couple buyers that tell you the same thing over and over. So now you know where to go ahead and start marketing, right? So yeah. you always have to listen to the consumer. The consumer is going to tell you exactly where to buy, right? And that's how easy it is. I mean, and, and what I love about, you know, wholesaling is that you get to learn how to invest in real estate before even spending any money. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've learned so much off of other people's trial and error through it, you know, flipping or whatnot and selling them properties that now I know what's a good deal for me and what's not a good deal. For me. So how are you running your numbers? So we actually use an application called the any deal app, right? And the any deal app is basically an application that helps you run your numbers for owner financing subject to deals, wholesaling, rentals, mortgage, lease options, great, great stuff. And that's what we use to run our numbers. But I always say this and people always ask me, right? Hey, Brandon, what's the best way to run your numbers? And I tell them it's all based on your market, right? A lot of people have this whole 70% rule. It yeah. doesn't work, guys. It doesn't work. When it's so comes, outdated. If yeah. you get a 70%, man, you're hitting out at the park nine times oh, out of yeah, 10. Yeah. <laughs> So I want to break that down really quick, Brandon, because I want to break that down. So the 70% rule consists of 30%, right? Which is, they say 10%, right? Which is for closing costs and your realtor commissions, right? And then the average market based on whoever made that up was 20% gross, right? Return for the investor, right? So this is 30%, right? Minus repairs or whatnot it is in your wholesale fee or whatever, right? But the issue that ends up happening is, is that not every market does an investor want 20%. Sometimes they want more or sometimes they want less. And what I notice is that in my market, they'll, they'll take less because it's a competitive market. 
So when wholesalers come into my market, I'm beating them all the time on the pricing because I know that my investor will buy it for more money. So you always want to understand your numbers because it's all down to the penny, right? I mean, men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Yeah. So it's all down to the numbers. So good. So let's talk about your experience. Over the last couple of years, you've done 75 plus deals. Is this all by yourself or do you have somewhat of a team in place? Are you guys having cold callers now? What does that look like? So when I first started off the business, you know, I was just by myself, you know, doing all my stuff, getting everything done. You know, we were doing the direct mail. We were doing cold calling. I was doing it all myself. Then as I, you know, gradually, slowly, I started to hire a VA, you know, hired a VA from the Philippines. She was doing the cold calling. And this is the best way to run your business, right? You want to be the expert in whatever, and then you delegate that task, right? Because a lot of people, they move too fast. And, and I also committed that mistake as well, which was... I was on social media, I was on Instagram, and I seen people having a full-blown office. I seen them having 10 cold callers, and I said, I need that. That's what I need to do is scale my business. The issue with that is that what happens when they come back with you with some questions, right, or some problems that you've never experienced yourself? Now, you're over here going back to like, hey, well, where do I find this answer for you, right? (laughs) So what I found out was, you know, I did cold calling for so long that I knew most of every rebuttal. So when we did training with the VAs or the cold callers, right, we understood, hey, any question that you might have, or it's either in the script, it's in our rebuttal sheet, or just ask us and we got the answer. Yep. So you want to learn something and then you want to delegate that task to somebody else and then you move on to the next. But no, yep. so currently, you know, currently obviously because of COVID, you know, we had to obviously some people got let go. Some people obviously just had to move on. But now we're rebuilding the business. We currently have five employees. So, you know, we're back to running it. And obviously, as the economy goes, hopefully things will be better. So right now, currently, we're working on our wholesale business, which we've been doing great. We're scheduled to close about 80000 already assigned this month. And then obviously, I'm looking for those great creative deals like you spoke about in the beginning, right? Taking over some subject twos, maybe some owner financing. There's a lot of forbearance in the market right now. So hopefully, we can, you know, help people as well as capitalize on these times. So when it comes down to those five different you know, people on the team, what does that look like? So basically we have a transaction coordinator, right? The transaction coordinator helps us basically communicate with the title company and the buyer or the seller, right? Because the number one thing is you have to walk your deals through, okay? You have to walk them through. The people that you're dealing with, unfortunately, are going through a distressed time in their life, right? There's something most of the time happening with this property. And you want to keep them informed. Hey, you know, title commitment came back. This is what a title commitment is, right? Or this is a municipal search lien. Or, hey, when you come, you know, all you have to do is sign a couple of documents or whatever. So you have to keep people informed because the average person either sells or buys a home only twice in their lifetime. So this is a big deal for them, right? So we have a transaction coordinator that keeps them informed and lets everything, you know, everything run smoothly, right? We have acquisition managers. So we have senior acquisitions and junior acquisitions. So kind of basically those ones that get the hot, hot deals and the junior acquisitions are kind of the ones doing the follow-up and understanding how to become a, a senior acquisition, right, for those hot leads. And then we have our dispo. So our, our dispositions manager basically helps us sell the properties and move those on, you know, to our buyers and whatnot. Okay. So at this point, you know, what other creative strategies have you utilized and have you taken any down for like holds or are you hanging on and building out a portfolio yet? Or right now you're... Got you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So 
So I'll, I'll talk about my first creative deal. So my first creative deal was a wholesale deal, right? I mean, well, we thought it was going to be a wholesale deal. And the homeowner tells us, hey, you know, I, I want to sell. And this is what I would, you know, this is what I owe on it. And we looked at the property and we said, we can't wholesale it, right? The numbers, right? The numbers yeah. are just too tight. And we go into the house and, you know, the house literally just needed carpet. It needed some paint because they had four children. So, you know, there was some writing on the wall, you know, they were just having fun. And the AC, the HVAC, well, I believe it was a downstairs unit was out, right? It was not working for some reason. It was a newer built house. It was built in like 2008. So it was really, really nice, really nice neighborhood. And I told her, I said, hey, you know, what I can offer you on this property is, I don't know, I think I, it was like around 150000 or 140000 And I said, but I know that your mortgage obviously is not going to allow us to do that. But what if there was a better way, right? What if there was a, still a way that I can help you get from under this, right? You know, would you be interested in that? And she said, well, how would you do that? And that's when I brought to her, you know, the whole of subject too, right? Basically taking over her payments on her behalf. And basically, you know, she wouldn't have to take this pre-foreclosure, you know, on her record and she would be able to move on and we would take care, of, take care of everything. So it was a blessing. What we did is we basically sold it as a for sale by owner. So I actually sold the subject to, to a very, very nice gentleman who was, uh, makes a lot of money, but he had bad credit. So he could never really qualify for a property. So what we did is actually, we, we went ahead and found some, found a buyer. I think we owed, she owed Bank of America about six grand. The AC unit was really just frozen six, down. Six grand in like back fees and, and everything. Yeah, late payments. Yeah. So she was, she was, she owed $6,000 roughly. Um, the AC unit was like 500 bucks. The line was frozen. So all they had to do was clear it up or something. Yeah. And then obviously since it's for sale by owner, you know, he was going to do what he wanted with the carpet and the paint and do whatever he want. So we ended up basically selling it to him with basically a down payment. I think it was around $18,000. Yeah. Did you have to give her some money to be able to take it off of her hands? She walked away. So it was an unfortunate situation. She was currently going through a divorce. She was also sick for, I think, maybe a year. So she was obviously, that's why she was behind on six, you know, payments of $6,000. She couldn't list it because if she listed it, she was actually going to have to pay yeah. to sell it, right? And if she waited any longer, it was going to go into foreclosure, right? Yeah. So, yeah, so that was the only solution. Yeah, so you just saved a foreclosure from hitting her credit, basically. Exactly, exactly. And to this day, you know, the property's still good. It's up to payments. The house is actually really, really nice. And nice. yeah, no homeowners in it, yeah. That's great, I love it. Cool, so what other strategies are you guys utilizing? Are you typically focusing on subject two a lot? So we love subject two. So the way I hear we, you. <laughs> the, way, the way we look at these deals, right, is this is how we look at it first. Automatically, if a lead comes in, it's automatically, we look at it as a wholesale deal, right? Okay. And, and then once we do that, we, if it's not a wholesale deal, we'll look at it as a wholesale deal, right? You know, which is basically getting, you know, buying it with private money or hard money lending and trying to flip it for a profit really quickly, right? If we can't do that and it's just a good property, then we're looking at it as a referral to our realtor, okay? Now, with your state, can you do wholesale without actually closing on it if you have it under contract? Can you put it, list it right on the market? No, I believe you have to have it under contract. I, I believe you have to, yeah, you have okay. to have it. I know yeah, some states are different the- and you can get away with some crazy stuff if you have it oh, under yeah. contract. Yeah, like, sand, like sandwich lease options and things. Yeah, yeah I, I believe in Florida you have to have it under contract. 
Or, I mean, I'm assuming you can probably work with the homeowner. I've known some people that done that before that said, hey, listen, I'm going to fix it up and then we'll list it and sell it together. You pay me out my profit. But sure. that's the thing about being creative, right? You can talk about these deals all day yep. long. So, yeah, that's the way it works. So, wholesale, hotel, referral to our realtor. And if none of those three things work out, right, or if they can't do any of those, then we're looking to a creative option, right? So, owner finance, right? A subject to or maybe like a bot, you know, rent to own, right? A lease option, right? But to be honest with you, it's one of those things that you have to be really savvy in, right? You have to be really savvy in because there's obviously the due on sale clause. There's obviously some others, you know, legalities and stipulations. It does take a little bit of money, you know? That does take a little bit of money because what if I didn't find a buyer, you know, to buy that property, take it over? I would have to come up with the 6000 right? And yeah. then I would have I would have had to make it look nice so I can sell it as either a rental or, I mean, rent it out as a rental or sell it as a for sale by owner or whatever the case may be. So creatively, it does take a little bit of money. That's why I don't advise it to people when they start out. But if once you build your capital and you start educating yourself, it's very, very not likely that I would buy a property with traditional financing in it. Just because, I mean, you know, there's, unfortunately, there's so many people out there in situations to where you can find a property you know, you have to wait for the right time, but there's a lot of nice houses over there you can take over. Oh yeah. No, of course. I love that. Yeah. I mean, if you can get a property at a even more discounted cost, then obviously it just makes sense, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. A hundred, a hundred percent. Right. I mean, and what are the pros of, you know, creative deals? Well, number one is you don't have to qualify, right? So sure. your debt to income ratio doesn't matter. Yep. Your credit doesn't matter. Right. Yep. And the only thing that, that matters in this point is, is some, some capital, right? Whatever they're willing to, to give up, you know, cash for keys. Sure. Okay. I guess just a, a rough range of, you know, what, what a listener can expect as far as funds needed when it comes down to that worst case scenario of, you know, cash for keys or yeah. whatever, you know, upkeeping all the back pay on exactly. somebody. Like what, what's the lowest and what's the highest possibly range that you've had? So, this, so is, this is all geared towards your market in Florida. So exactly. like so, we said, it's, it's not the, so for us, I think honestly, the cheapest that I've ever seen is probably around like 38, maybe 38, $3,800. But that was on a mortgage that was like around a, a, maybe a grand or so, 950 a month. So they were, you know, behind like three payments or whatever, plus some interest. But we've seen some to where, you know, it's, it's 30 grand, 40 grand in the hole to where they're, they're backed up in arrears and that they can't pay it, right? And in those situations, you know, it's, that can ruin the deal for you, right? I mean, there's some times that you're just not willing to invest enough capital to take over that property. But it, it all goes back to what we were talking about, right? That core of educating yourself and understanding what is, and the biggest one, my cash on cash return, Right. You know, and, and these are the subject to deals are one of the best strategies for buy and hold investors, right? Because think about this, right? An investor will buy a property 100% cash, right? And, and rent it out for a thousand bucks, right? That's a pretty good return, right? That's your yeah. average return. But what about taking over a property with only 10 grand down and still cash flowing maybe three, $400? Yeah. That's an even better return. I like that. Right. So it's all based on that cash on cash or that cap rate. But yeah, a hundred percent. It's all based on the numbers. But I would say, to be honest with you, the lower amount that they owe, the highly, you know, they're more accessible to, to saying, hey, I'm not as motivated. Right. Because the number isn't as big. Right. Yep. You know, they still have obviously, you know, that hope that they can get. Yeah, something. they got hope. 
Yeah. 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 You got to get it to a point where they are so distressed and they're really just trying to move on. And, and that comes down to people give up very quickly when they're doing cold calling or the calls are coming in, you know, or direct mail marketing or even bandit signs, whatever, you know, when you're on the phone, you know, you're trying, I've seen a lot of people really like begging for the deals. And honestly, it's never going to come that way. If they're not super motivated on the phone, like kind of just almost ready to give it to you right away, then they're just not the right one. You know, you can always do a follow-up sequence, which I'm sure you guys do. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm sure the motivation level is very high and you can hear it in their voice. And they're simply just kind of vetting you out, having the detailed conversation, telling their story to make sure that they can find the confidence in you to be able to solve their problems, right? A hundred percent. When it comes to creative deals, they literally have to, it's a marriage, right? Because you're taking over their property and let's just say they they owe, I mean, they have 15 years left on their mortgage. I mean, you're going to have to be with this person or deal with this person somehow, some way, potentially, right? For the next 15 years. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they definitely have to be motivated or there has to be a situation there for them to go ahead and trust you enough to say, hey, this is my only option, right? When it comes to wholesaling properties, to me, it's all about identifying the pain points and understanding that situation. We get some people that, you know, they come off not as motivated, but based on, you know, who you are, because this is a people's business, right? The three letters that I always, you know, live upon, I tell people is the BLT, right? Believe, like, and trust. If you can get somebody to believe, like, and trust you over the phone, that's a sale. That's a deal. Yep. Okay. That's a deal, right? If, if, they, if they're really, you know, there's something going on, they believe I can trust you, they're going to do something, right? Because that's sure. how business is, is basically works, right? I mean, why do you shop at this place? Why do you buy from this merchant? Why do you do this? It's because you believe like or trust something that they have in their business. If not, yeah. you wouldn't do anything. So people say, hey, Brandon, I want to come to Orlando. I want to start wholesaling, but I know you do a lot of value. I know you send out 30,000 mailers or 20,000 RVMs or whatever. How can I beat that? Right. And I said, volume does play a part in it, but it's all based on the person over the phone. They might not like me when, when I talk to them. Right. But they might like you and they might sell to you. And that one deal can make you 20 grand. And now, you know, that's how you start scaling your business from zero, you know, to a hundred thousand a month. So good. I love it. So is there any recommendations that you would give on being able to build the trust? with, you know, the motivated sellers. Exactly. Yeah, no, 100%. So number one is you want to start off with, you always want to seek to understand, not to be understood, right? So, so you have to understand a lot of people come into this business and say, what is my assignment fee? What can I make off of this? Yeah. And that's not the way, that's not how it works, right? You want to come into the conversation saying, hey, you know, how can I help you, right? Yeah. How can I help you get this from under you or get this behind you or get this to where you're going, right? So you want to go ahead and understand their problems because if you start talking about what you, you know, this and me and me or, you know, you're too pushy or, you know, you're coming off as a salesman, it's just not going to work, right? So that's how you get them to somewhat, you know, kind of trust you, right? Number two is- Listen first. Yeah, yeah. You want to listen, right? And understand that it's not about you. It's about them. This, This is all about them, right? Like we talked about before, we don't get paid on an hourly basis. We get paid on the value. That, that yeah. we provide, okay? Solving problems, um, I love it. Exactly, the second thing is you have to let them understand that you're an expert too, okay? We've done this before, 
You know what you're doing. Okay. You've helped homeowners like this and you would like to help them out as well. Right. And then the last thing is you have to literally understand that the reason why people don't do business sometimes is either because they don't believe in you or they just don't understand enough to make a decision. Right. So when either for me, it's either they're just not the right person, right? They don't want to sell, right? Or whatever you were talking about wasn't enough information, right? So they feel kind of standoffish or they're just not interested, right? So you have to be an expert. And that's why we go back to educating yourself. You have to be able to understand what is it that they're looking to do and how you can help them, right? And the terminology, right? I say this all the time, Brandon. Imagine you went to go see a doctor that said, hey, yeah, Brandon, you actually broke that bottom part of your leg and we're going to just put like a cast on you or something, right? <laughs> Versus the doctor saying, hey, you broke your tibia or whatever, right? Yeah. And we're, we're going to, you know, six weeks of rehab, you know, you're going to be all right. It's just a slight, you know, medial fracture. Yep. He's using all these big words. You're like, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Whatever he just said, I feel confident in that decision. Exactly. And it's all about that confidence, right? When you're yep. talking to a homeowner, you have to explain to them, right, with great terminology that you understand, right, and that you've done this before. You know what you're doing and you help people all the time, you know? So I think education is very, very big, very, very big. And that's one thing that I learned because imagine going to a homeowner's house and saying, yeah, I can buy your house $200,000 cash, right? Yeah. Then just leaving it at that. <laughs> and not even that, but your car is parked outside and it needs a paint job. Yeah. All right. And now you're saying. You got well, a big dent in the side. Yeah. And now you're like, hey, no, that's my contracting car. That's the car that I fixed my house in, right? So it. education is big. And that's how you get a homeowner to understand. And you want to be able to kind of smooth them. You know, you want to be able to, you know, say different things and help them understand why this is going to be a win-win for the both. Right? Yeah. That's so good. Any tips that you would give to the average person just getting started in real estate? Yeah, 100%, 100%. Number one is going back to that. You have to understand why you want to be in real estate. Why is it? Why yep. is it? I mean, there's in Orlando here. I know that they're making realtors by the minute. Okay? Yep. People get their license like this. But the average person that actually succeeds and does transactions is, is the statistics is hard. Right? Very low. Most people give up after the first year. And then even those people that stay give up within the next three. So, yeah. So you have to identify why is it that you want to do this? Okay. Number two is you have to outbeat your competition. You have to outwit them. Right. And how do you do that? There's so many people coming into this industry that you have to work on yourself first. Right. Work yeah, on man. yourself. Right. And the third thing, and I'll tell you this one, right, is you have to look at things as not as an expense, but as an investment, right? You're going to have these people that come into seminars or people that, you know, do mentorships. And you have to understand, like you said, right, I went through my learning curve just failing, yeah. right? But, but you have to understand there are mentors out there that will help you succeed. And that was something that I had to learn, too. I'm very, very skeptical. I'm a very skeptical person. I want to learn everything by myself. I'm the type of person to put my hands on the stove and get burned and then say, hey, I learned and I'm not going to you know, do that again. Yep. And I had to understand that if I wanted to take my business from 50 to 100, I had to you know, pay a mentor to help me, right? Yeah, put the missing pieces together that we can't even see yet. You know? Exactly. And, and one of those things was looking at it as an investment, yep. not an expense, right? I mean, so, so many people invest money into things that, you know, like opening up a business. It's like 200 bucks here in Florida, right? Yeah. But they would spend $200 for the week on something that doesn't even make them any money. 
course, yeah. So those are the three things that I would say for somebody starting out, and I'll give you one more, is that me and Brandon, we're no different than anybody else. We're just people that literally took something, educated ourselves in it, and said, I'm going to put the pedal to the metal, right? And I'm just going to keep going and keep going and keep going. So I'm willing. Yeah, God willing. And, and you don't <laughs> need to be special to do real estate. You don't, you honestly don't, you know, you, all you have to do is learn, 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 and then you just have to leverage, right? Yeah. Right. That's all it is. So that's all you have to do, right? That's all you have to do. So those are the four key things that I would leave people with. And then when it comes down to wholesaling, I want to give you guys three gems. Okay. I want to give you guys three gems that help you in your wholesaling business. Number one, it's going to be data, right? Yes. Data is very, very essential. You want to make sure that that pond that you're fishing in has fish. Yeah. Okay. The data is actually the most important thing and, and it's so overlooked by the average person just getting started. If you're investing in crappy data, what do you expect to get? Exactly. You got to go for the gold. Invest in exactly. the gold. So let's, break, so let's break this down, right? So people first, they take hours and hours and hours of time educating themselves, right? Sure. And, and that's the most important part because money, you can make money. The time, you can't get that back. So yep. spend so much time educating yourself. Then you go ahead and you buy a niche list. Right. And then you go ahead and, and you buy some skip tracing, right? Some phone numbers or whatever. And then if you didn't invest in the right companies and you got, you know, not so good data, you just wasted all that money because all the time that you're going to put in trying to cold call, direct mail, whatever it is, is going to be a waste because you're not even contacting the right people. Yeah. Right. Or if you've had just an outdated list that is already been saturated by many investors, then what do you expect? You're going to start getting talking to very frustrated people that have already dealt with 15, 20 plus investors like ourselves. Exactly. Exactly. Second thing I want to talk about is systems. Okay. I learned this maybe a year into my business systems, right? At first is, of course you want to make money. You have to make money. You have to build some capital, but then you have to literally understand that systems and automating your business is going to help you. Remember wholesaling in the beginning is a hustle. It's transaction based, right? You get your first deal, then you're like, how do I do it again? And then how do I do it again? And how do I do it again? And you're only as good as your last deal. So you have to systematize it to where you're not doing everything all the time. Okay. And we use a CRM system. It's called Mamba. You know, you can go to get Mamba, CRM.com. And you know, it has what you talked about, Brandon, follow-up sequences, you know, tracking, organizing, storing, right? Everything that you need to understand, because imagine you talk to 100 people a day, right? How are you going to know that their name is Brandon? How are you going to know that their dog's name is Bone? How are you going to know that their wife is about to have a baby and that's why they have to sell? These things are crucial, people. Honestly, that's how you get that no like, and trust factor. That's how you, when you follow up in a couple of weeks, when they said no or call me back next time and you follow up and you ask those simple questions, you know, how's your wife doing? I know you guys are a couple away from a couple of weeks away from having a newborn, you know, or exactly. how's the dog doing? I know you guys were exactly. sick last week, whatever. Those are the simple little key fractions that help get that know, like, and trust and make them feel like, Hey, this isn't a business deal. He's not selling me. He's literally trying to solve my problems like a friend. Exactly. A hundred percent. Right. And, and then with those rapport building notes, yeah, that's how you get that rapport. That, that's literally how you say, Hey, we're the same, right? We're the same. Right. Hey, my wife, you know, when we were going through our pregnancy, X, Y, Z, right. Yep. If somebody's talking about golf, 
even if I don't like golf, I'm going to ask them questions about golf because they yeah. like golf. So, but how do you remember all of that if you've talked to so many people every day? Yep. And that's why you have to have a good CRM, right? A customer relations manager to go ahead and help you with that type of stuff, right? Sure. So systems and processes is number two. You know, you want to get those dialed in. Once you've built some good capital after your first couple of deals or whatnot, you want to invest into a good system. Yep. And the last thing is people, people, right? That is the hardest part of this business is getting somebody to do what you can do, yeah. right? Getting somebody that can talk like you, getting somebody to close deal like you, deals like you, getting somebody to go with other appointments like you, that's the hardest part in this business, right? And you want to be able to get people on your team that are going to help you, right? And also help them, right? This is a win-win situation, yeah. make money in real estate, right? Because once again, it's an entrepreneurship job. So good, man. I love it. I love your energy. And at the end of the day, you're just a wealth of knowledge, like a ridiculous amount. So I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate you. I know the listeners have as well, bro. You just gave an hour of your time. What can the listeners or even myself do to give back to you? I mean, all you guys, if you guys can just follow me on Instagram, my Instagram is at blue notes, Brandon. I post daily stories, content, just like this. And that's all I ask from people. You know, my, somebody asked me the other day, they said, hey, man, what is your goal? You know, like, do you want to have $100 million? Do you want to have a bunch of doors? Yeah. I said, my, my goal is just inspire people. That's my goal. Because like I told you, I was 25 coming out of college and I didn't know what to do, right? Yep. I know there's a bunch of people out there, even 30, so 40, that yeah. they're like, hey, what do I do? So for me, I just want to be a living testimony to people that one thing about life, and I'll leave you with this, guys, is you could always restart, right? You could always restart in life. You could always hit that push button and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to try something new, right? That's right. That's what and, I did. I started started off, screwed up a lot of things, went down the wrong path, selling drugs and a lot of stupid things over in New Jersey, moved out here to get away from that. Still found myself doing stupid things, but, but you know, the mistakes end up taking you down the right path. And then you always have choices. You can always stop and say enough is enough and jump on the right path. So yeah, no, a hundred percent. And that's, that's exactly, I mean, I did, I did the same thing, man. So don't worry about that. But yeah, I was doing yeah. the same stuff, you know, and it was one of those things to where it, you gotta look at yourself. It's not yeah. nobody else around you. It's yourself. Sure. And going back to that, you've got to stop being selfish. There's somebody depending on you and your family, somebody depending on you right now. I mean, like like you said before we got on here, somebody's like, hey, you got to go live more often. Like, I appreciate you. You know, and th that's what I'm, that's my purpose. God put me on this world to have, the you know, people say, keep doing what you're doing, right? Yep. I don't know how I'm helping them, but I, I hope that they take away one thing and that it changes their lives. That's all it's about. I love it. Well, you guys heard it first. I appreciate you so much. CEO, Blue Notes, Brandon, appreciate you, man. As always, make sure you hit that subscribe button to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast so you get the newest notification every single Monday. After listening to a couple episodes, as always, leave a review. It helps us out, you know, whether you love it, you hate it, whatever it may be. would love to get your feedback to inspire more people. And also, reach out to Brandon. This guy is just a ridiculous amount of wealth of knowledge. You're going to learn so much. He's crushing it in so many areas of life right now. So there's always a thing or two that you could pick up to improve your lifestyle starting today. So that's what you're going to want to do. Reach out to this guy. And then as always, you can follow me on Brandon Elliott Investments on Instagram and then facebook.com slash Brandon Elliott Investor. If you guys have any questions 
regarding credit education and boosting up your credit, building up business credit, leveraging it successfully, purchasing properties like we have and completing all of your remodels, all at 0% interest. I mean, the list goes on and on. You can always find more education on that at creditcounselelite.com. And then if you need credit repair done for you, then you can find more information at creditrepairmobile.com. But Brandon, bro, appreciate you so much, man. It was a blessing. Thank you, man. God bless. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Stay blessed. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit brandonelliotinvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.